You're listening to teaching from Castle Hills Christian Church in San Antonio, Texas. More information about Castle Hills Christian Church is available at chccsa.com. I say the word Samson, what comes to your mind? Maybe you think about Samson's mighty strength, maybe you think about his long hair, maybe you think about Delilah, maybe you think about how he took the jawbone of a donkey and killed a thousand Philistines, or how he gathered up 300 foxes and ended up using them to destroy the fields of the Philistines. Maybe you think about how he removed a city gate, I mean just brute strength, or how he killed a lion with his bare hands, or how he knocked down uh, uh, two pillars at this temple and killed 3,000 Philistines. We've been in a series called Taking the Lead, and it's based on the book of Judges and that time period. And what we end up seeing uh, in, in this period of time is God's people would turn their back on God. They would do whatever they wanted to. It was a very dark time. They would end up being oppressed, and God would raise up a judge or a deliverer and this person would deliver them from their oppressor. There would be a time of peace for God's people. And then this deliverer, this judge would die. And guess what? God's people would end up going back to sinning. Eventually they would be oppressed. Eventually they would cry out to God. And you see this repeated cycle in the book of Judges. Now, when I say the word judge, I'm not talking about a courtroom judge. I'm talking about a civic or military leader. And Samson was one of these delivers one of these judges. He was set apart very early on. Uh, he was, God, God let his parents know that this guy was going to be very special. God had given him the special ability to have strength, and he had so much potential. But I don't think that he reached his full potential because he made several self-destructive decisions. I, I think he struggled with something that many of us struggle with. He struggled with being more led by the flesh than by the Spirit. Galatians 5, starting at verse 16, says this. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your life. Now, who guide your life? The Holy Spirit. We want the Holy Spirit to guide our life. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that the opposite... Gives, gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. 
there are two forces that are constantly fighting each other so, so that you are not free to carry out your good intentions. So we have the Spirit of God that wants to lead our life, and we also have our sinful desires, our selfishness, the flesh. And there's this battle going back and forth, and we have to decide who are we going to let lead our life. Are we going to let the Holy Spirit, or are we going to let the flesh lead our life? Now, how is that played out in our life? When someone's mean to you, do you lash out and you let the flesh lead your life, or do you let the Holy Spirit lead your life? When your teenager smarts off to you, do you knock them to Jesus being led by the flesh, or do you let the Holy Spirit lead your life? When you're tempted to eat that extra donut, or two, or three, do you let the flesh tempt you to gorge yourself, to, to be a little bit of a glutton, or do you let the Spirit lead you to have some self-control? When you don't feel like studying your Bible, when you don't feel like worshiping, do you let the flesh lead your life, or do you let the Spirit lead your life? Starting in Judges 14, we're going to see that Samson often let the flesh lead his life. You can see that time and time again that Samson had that struggle that many of us have today. We like to do whatever we want to do. Samson saw a Philistine woman and says, I want to marry her. Well, here's the problem. That may not mean a whole lot to us, but the Philistines were the enemies of the Israelites. God says, no, you shouldn't be doing that. And Samson's parents says, you shouldn't be doing that. But Samson wasn't going to listen to anything. Samson did whatever Samson wanted to do. So he starts the process of trying to marry this Philistine woman. He ends up having basically the equivalent of a bachelor party, and he has 30 Philistine guys around him. And I'm like, Samson, why are you hanging out with these Philistines? I mean, these are not good guys. Philistines worship pagan gods. It's not a good influence. Not only that, but Samson says, hey, uh, I got this little riddle. And if you can answer it, uh, I will give you 30 pieces of clothing. Let's, let's put a little wager on it. But if you can't answer it, then you've got to give me 30 pieces of clothing. And you've got seven days to figure this out. And so, of course, these guys, they're struggling with trying to figure out this riddle. And they're going back and forth trying to figure it out. And so they, they decide the only conclusion is they have to pressure this Philistine woman, this fiancé of of Samson, and they said, hey, if you don't give us the answer, uh, we're going to burn you and your father and basically your family. We're going to take them out. And so she starts crying to Samson over and over and over again, and Samson eventually gives her the answer. And of course, in turn, they end up giving Samson the answer to the riddle. Now, what was the riddle? Out of the eater, something to eat. Out of the strong, something to sweet. Where did Samson come up with this riddle? And Samson had killed a lion, and later on, uh, there was honey inside the skeleton, and so he had, he had taken a vow that he wasn't supposed to touch anything that was dead, but he went ahead and scooped his hand into the skeleton and got the honey. And even though Samson wasn't supposed to do this, Samson did what Samson wanted to do. He was led by the flesh, he basically did whatever he decided. If he saw something that he wanted, he was going to get it. Well, these guys end up giving him the answer, and this made Samson very mad. And he says, if you wouldn't have plowed with my heifer, you wouldn't have gotten the answer. Now, here's a pro tip to all of the men out there. Never call a woman a heifer. 
Never call a woman a heifer. But Samson was led by the flesh. He was so mad, he ends up calling his fiancée a heifer. In Judges 14, it says this, Then the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon him, and he went down to the town of Askin and killed 30 men and took their belongings and gave their clothing to the men who had solved his riddle. But Samson was furious about what had happened, and he went back to live with his father and mother, and so his wife was given in marriage to the man who had been Samson's best man in the wedding. There, there is so much here. Samson is furious, he's mad, he goes and kills these 30 men. What did these 30 men do? I mean, Samson's the one that came up with his riddle. And so you see this fleshly part of him, but here's something I want you to chew on at lunch today. You see that the Spirit of the Lord powerfully came up on him. And so I got to that part of the text, and I'm like, it's obvious that Samson's being led by the flesh, but for some reason, the Spirit came up on him. And so I want you to, you to kind of chew on this. Why did the Spirit come up on Samson at this point in time? Was God protecting Samson from himself? Was God displaying his power to the Philistines? I'm not going to answer it. It's just a question I have. I want you to kind of think about this. But in this process, it's very clear that Samson was being, being led by the flesh. He was mad. He was, he was angry. But eventually, Samson calms down, and he's ready to marry his fiancée. But he doesn't realize that she's already been married, that she got married to his best man. In Judges 15.3, it says this, This time I cannot be blamed for everything I'm going to do to you Philistines. And so what does he do? He catches 300 foxes, he ties their tails, fastens a torch to them, and he has them run along or in the grain fields, and they end up burning the grain, the vineyards, the olive groves. He's damaged their food source. And, and then we see Samson's pride and we see his anger come out because, I mean, he's mad. These, this whole situation has made him look bad. Uh, that his wife has been given away, and, and he does all of these things. And, and guess what? The Philistines, they return, and they're mad, and so they end up burning his, what, his former fiance and her father. And so you fast forward in the story. In Judges 15, 15, he finds a jawbone, and he ends up striking down a thousand men, a thousand Philistines. Now, the text is clear. God gave him the power to do this, but what does Samson do? I, again, God came, God, the Spirit of God came upon him and gave him the power to strike down these Philistines. But what does Samson do? We see in verse 16, it says, Then Samson said, With the jawbone of a donkey, I, I, notice this, I piled them in heaps. And with the jawbone of a donkey, I killed a thousand men. Notice, over and over, I, I killed these men. And you know, uh, you know what kept Samson often from reaching his full potential? It was pride. And, and pride takes many faces. We see pride in Samson's life, and we probably have pride in our lives. Let me just give you a few different examples of pride and how it shows up in our life. Pride says, I'll do what I want to do. Pride says, I'll do what I want to do. Pride says that I don't need help from anyone. It refuses help. I don't need anyone else's help. That's how pride sometimes shows up. Pride says, you can't admit that you're wrong. You don't want to admit that you made a mistake, that you did something wrong. Um, pride makes you uh, crave recognition. 
man, you just want someone to pat you on the back. You want to win the award. You want everyone to look and say, man, you're just such an awesome uh, woman or awesome man. Pride never listens to advice. Samson, several times, didn't listen to advice, especially his parents, about marrying this Philistine uh, woman. How often have we not listened to people because of pride? Pride doesn't think of others. Pride is selfish. Instead of thinking about others, we think about ourselves. Pride causes you to talk about yourself. We've all been around people who all they want to do is they always have a story to up your story. They want to talk about everything that they're doing and how great they are. Pride causes us to find fault in others. If you're someone who's very critical to others, chances are you may struggle with pride. Pride leads us to not submitting to authority. Like, I don't need to submit to anyone. I don't need to pay attention to what anyone else says. I'll do, again, what I want to do. And then pride says, I want to be the main character in the story instead of letting God be the main character. And that's what we saw in Samson's life often. God should have been the main character, but instead, Samson wanted to be the main character. He wanted to be the focal point. Craig Rochelle says, pride is always born out of insecurities. Pride is always born out of insecurities. When we don't know, when we don't know who we are in Christ, pride is the first emotion that will rise up and take us down. Now, Samson lived in the flesh a lot. But if you read in the story, there's a few places that actually we see that he called out to God. And we see a little bit of humility. But he just didn't stay there. He kept on relying on himself. And, and, and something that I think that we need to realize is the key to overcoming pride is humility. It, it's surrendering everything to God and saying, God, I'm just here to serve you. Uh, you've given me the gifts, you've given me the talent, you've given me the strength, you've given me the abilities. Please use me and my gifts and my talents. You're the one who gave them in the first place. Let me just honor you. It's not about me, it's all about you. So here's, here's the challenge that I have for you today. And I'd like you to repeat this after me. I will not be driven by the flesh, by pride, by anger, but led by the Spirit. Go ahead and say that out loud right now. I will not be driven by the flesh, by pride, or by anger, but led by the Spirit. Each week, we want to give you some next steps. We want to give you some, some things to ponder during the week. And I want you to think this week, what are some areas of pride that I might have in my life? I want you to do a heart check, and then I want you to pray, Jesus, please help me in the areas of pride that I have. Cultivate within me a humble attitude. And then secondly, what are some steps that you can take to be more spirit-led? What does that look like? Maybe it's waking up each morning and starting with prayer and starting with Bible study. Maybe it's finding a faith community to encourage you and hold you accountable. But think about what are some steps that you can do to be more spirit-led. Would you pray with me? Jesus, um, thank you for showing us what humbleness looks like. You didn't have to come in the flesh. You didn't have to come and, and uh, wash the disciples' feet. You didn't have to show us what true love and compassion looked like. But you did, and, and you modeled humbleness, and you modeled, what it meant to be, uh, you, you modeled what it meant to be led by the Spirit. And so right now at this time of communion, we, we just ask that you would help us to be more uh, Spirit-led than flesh, fleshly-led. In your precious holy name, amen.